0: Sports Minutes with Elliot Danker and Ziaul Roshan. Money FM 89.3. It is now time for Sports Minutes. I'm Elliot Danker together with Ziaul Raushan. Start of the year means a lot of exciting tournaments uh, to start to get behind.
1: Yep, certainly unless you're a Premier League fan, you see some of your uh, key players robbed to the likes of the African Cup of Nations mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. the Asian Cup. We're going right. to concentrate on the Asian Cup. But before that, Elliot, quick question for you. Yeah. Ever after a long day of work, you sit down at home, uh-huh. Your door is open yes. and then your neighbour cooks something so nice. The smell just comes in. And do you feel hungry? You know? uh, all the time. Uh. <laughs> okay, uh,
0: I think my neighbour on the other side uh, is, is a bit elderly. And you know what they say. Mm. When these aunties or grandmothers cook, it is the best cooking in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: And then your nose starts to tick, right? I mean, uh, for you, those you. of you listening, wondering why I'm talking about <laughs> I food. I am wondering. <laughs> a bit like what we're going to be talking about across the causeway our arch rivals Malaysia right, are part of the Asian Cup for the first time in 17 years oh. and as an ardent Singapore football fan I must admit that I have a tinge of jealousy that they're competing with the big boys from the continent, but I'm excited to see how they're going to do. Oh,
0: I get it. Like how you would be jealous of the good cooking from your neighbor's house. Exactly. Ah. Thank you. You get me, a little. I'll Thank both. you. I mean, that's why we work together. Right? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so, so you've arranged someone from Malaysia to speak to. I believe this is a broadcaster from Malaysia.
1: Yes, he is a broadcaster from Malaysia and he's on the line with us. He's Kishanand Sundaresan, also known as Kish Matt Stats. I urge you to follow him on Twitter or X because he gives us a lot of juicy nuggets, of which I'm sure he has plenty lined up. Kish, how are you doing today?
2: All good, guys. All good. Thank you for, so much for having me on the show. I'll, I'll just say this: we are whipping up a pretty decent chicken curry over here. <laughs> oh yeah, What are you doing?
0: What are you doing to me, Kish? Okay, I get the easy question to start things off. Um... Before, before we talked about the nitty-gritty details, right? Uh, talk us through the kind of excitement that's happening in Malaysia right now because the country is preparing to do battle uh, with some of the best from around the region.
2: Yeah, there, there is a major source of excitement at the moment. I think it's a bit mixed. It's, it's a combination of excitement, but at the same time, there's a lot of like emotional sentiments playing because we've waited for this for a very, very, very long time. I mean the last time malaysia were on the stage 2007 we were there so you know as a product of being co-hosts uh, but on merit it's been i think 40 years since the last time wow. we qualified for the tournament on merit so this this has been a long time coming and it's it's something that malaysians have been looking forward to for ages ever since it was confirmed a, over a year ago when we secured qualification this has been the one playing on the minds of every single malaysian and there's a there's a big fanfare and buzz around the country. Everywhere you go, just a fun fact. Right now, I'm, I'm in Johor um, visiting my my grandparents, and even here, you go to you know local restaurants, you can overhear conversations people talking about the first game against Jordan. Wow. Mm. So there is a real sense of excitement brewing within the country about uh, uh, Malaysia's participation in the Asian Cup.
1: Now Kish on the topic of food, Malaysia's food trumps Singapore food. I've got that out of the way. Ah, good careful, to see, uh. good to see you got your grandparents <laughs> cooking coming along to keep your appetite full as well. But let's <laughs> let's stick to the football, shall we? And the revival in Fortune for Malaysia has been tied with the appointment of Korean coach Kim Bang-on, right? How much of an impact has he had and what can you tell us in terms of interactions with him?
2: Oh, he has been absolutely sensational for Malaysia. Um don't get me wrong, right? Uh, I think the, the, the foundations were built by the guy before him, Tan Cheng Ho, who did a phenomenal job, some real iconic results uh, under Tan Cheng Ho's uh, manager real-time as well. We had that incredible, dramatic victory over Indonesia at the Gloria Bunkarno. Uh, we came very close to beating UAE on home soil, eventually losing 2-1. We beat Thailand in an incredible game at the Bukit Stadium under Tan Cheng Ho as well. But when he left, there was a lot of skepticism about uh, how he left and the new guy that was going to come in, uh, along with the fact that Kim Pan Kwon had, you know, had not managed for a number of years prior to his appointment as Malaysia's coach because he was a technical director within the Korean FA. But ever since his appointment, I mean, he's just taken the national team to, you know, an incredible new level altogether. Just a couple of weeks ago, uh, over here we did a, a sit-down uh, chat with the FAM president Dato' Hamid and and we were talking in depth about, about Kim pan he and was, he was just raving about Kim Pan-Gon's attention to detail, his obsession with details, and how even during the interview session to get the job, he had already planned and knew exactly who every single Malaysian player was that regularly featured in the national team. That's how, how interested he was in wanting to be the national team coach. And it's, it's, you can see the impact of it on the pitch. You see the performances. You see the level of confidence. Even the players are really optimistic about his managerial time. He's got a great set of coaches as well. Uh, we also found out from from the FAM president that the the team analyst, the video analyst of the Malaysian national team is very highly sought after in Korea, even up till today. Like, they're still calling him, asking him to come back. But he's, at, at this point, he's still committed to the Kim Pan Gon project in Malaysia. So... To, you know, to just sum it up, Kim Pan has had a, a, an incredible effect on the Malaysian national team. Mm.
0: Uh, Kish, uh, could you walk us through Malaysia's group? Where do you see the, ch- the team's chances?
2: Um, I mean, if you had asked us three years ago, you said Malaysia could potentially be in a in a continental tournament in the same group as yep. Jordan Bahrain. Um, as well as South Korea, mm. at that point, most Malaysians would have laughed and said, okay, there we go. Even scoring a goal or getting a point would be a, a bonus, right? But now, there is a real sense of um, optimism, um, especially since Malaysia's recent results. Uh, recently, just a couple of days ago, we played in a, a closed-door, closed-door friendly. We, we held Syria to a a two-all draw. And a couple of months back, we played Syria as well in China at that point in a friendly game. Also ended up being a two-all draw. Um, So my point is that we're we're going against the bigger boys and we are, you know, competing against them. Um, We played Kyrgyzstan um, in a qualifier, World Cup qualifier recently. Uh, We were trailing 3-1 at one point, came back to win the game 4-3. And Kyrgyzstan are ranked, you know, higher than us, below 100 in the FIFA ranking. So, Right now, there's a real sense of uh, optimism, coupled with the fact that you know the Jordanian national team has four players that play in the Malaysian Super League. Mm. So, you know, uh, on, on one hand, I think we respect Jordan, we respect Bahrain, but I think a lot of Malaysians feel like we can go toe-to-toe with these two, at least. We know that Korea is, is one step above that. We know that they could pose you know, a significantly tougher challenge. But at this point in time, there's a real sense of optimism about at least getting out of the group as one of the best third-place teams. At the moment, that's the sentiment you're sort of feeling in the country.
1: Yeah, Kish, you're certainly bringing on the optimism. I can feel it through your voice as well, right? We talked about the coach, but the uptick in fortunes has also been down to the naturalisation of players. What impact have these imports so-called had on the team? And how are the fans taking to these naturalised players as well?
2: Um, it, 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 it has caused a bit of a debate. Um when you talk about naturalised players, there's, there's the two kinds, right? One of them, uh, the, the first kind, which are players that have direct, you know, blood heritage mm. to the country. I mean, uh, either their parents were from Malaysia, but they grew up abroad. So the likes of Brendan Gunn, Matthew Davies, Corbin Ong, these are all heritage players. And then you've got the completely naturalised ones, which, by the way, you could argue that a number of them have actually failed. A number of these naturalisation projects have actually failed. And some of them are not even in the national team, going to this it, call-up. But there are a few, uh, like Andrik, uh, like um, Mohamedou Sumare, who is also in the squad, the first officially naturalised player. And then the secret weapon for Malaysia heading into his Asian Cup is another naturalised player called Romel Morales, who is only about 27 years old. He's a Colombian striker, um, played in Malaysia for about six years now has never played for the country yet. He just got the naturalization sorted out about a month ago. So he, he's, he's a bit of an unknown as far as how he's going to fit into the national setup. But you, you, can't, you can't not say that the naturalization project has not listed the national team, because it certainly has. Obviously, there has been failures. Obviously, there have been uh, decisions that have been widely criticized by fans. But I think most people would acknowledge that there have been two or three naturalised players that have lifted the technical ceiling of the team. Mm. Um, that has certainly helped tremendously in, uh, on the biggest stage in Asian football.
0: Okay, Kish, I'm not the biggest uh, local football expert, so I ask uh, the Pokefire questions. If you don't mind me asking you this, since Malaysia has gone through this this entire phase of naturalising players, you've talked about some hits and misses, um, I'm sure you pay attention to our local football scene. Uh, What are your thoughts on us potentially copying some aspects of this model? Do you see it potentially reaping rewards?
2: (laughs) <laughs> um, uh my only thing is, my, yeah, this is a tricky one, right? Because yeah. Singapore has also been down their naturalization stage and, and all that. But I'll say one thing, right? For the national team to be great, the biggest fundamental thing is your league has to be competitive. Uh. Um, the Malaysian Super League has about eight or nine players that's going to be playing in the Asian Cup, mm. which is a pretty significant representation. I saw Paul Williams, I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, mm. he's an Asian football journalist, he was breaking down you know, leagues and the amount of players we supply at the Continental Tournament. Um, and Malaysia Super league, Super league is one of the highest at the moment. So it's, it's an incredibly competitive platform that has, that has become the bedrock of the national team, right? It has created the pool of players uh, that has caused Kim Pangol to have headaches in terms of his selection. And I think the same needs to happen with Singapore. Mm. The, the, the local league needs to be competitive, needs to have more support from the fans. Because if, if that one is competitive, then you will find it trickling down towards the national team. And all of a sudden, you will feel the national team having a wider pool of players, uh, a higher quality of players who are trained in a competitive environment week in, week out. So that's really been my pet piece with Singaporean football is that the local league does not get enough respect and and, and yeah. recognition and support. Yeah.
1: Very Amen, fair. Kish. Amen. I agree with you. And Kish, you talk about competitiveness of the Malaysian Super League. To that end... Let's talk about it. JDT, the all-conquering JDT, has completely dominated the playing field, right? Ten titles in ten years. Has that aided or hampered the national team?
2: Uh, I would argue both. Uh, 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 sorry, I would say aided. I would say um, it has definitely tremendously helped the national team. Uh, I, I agree that some um, winning ten years in a row is not great for the commercial part of the league. It's not great for the visibility in trying to attract a, a new set of fans, because you know it's it's a completely one-way street uh, in the Malaysian Super League at the moment. But what what has happened with JDT's domination is that you've seen the other teams being forced to buck up too. So the likes of Selangor, the likes of Kedah, the likes of Kedah, even the likes of Sabah, these these days have have tried to increase the level of quality that they have. I mean, bear in mind that Sulango have been the traditionally the, the biggest club in Malaysian football history. Most Singaporean football fans would, would be aware of, of the Selangor stories back in the heydays, too. But they only started having their own dedicated uh, training center with an indoor pitch and all that kind of stuff after JDT did it. Oh, wow. Years after JDT did it. So, my point is that JDT dominating the league, increasing the ceiling on a yearly basis has forced the other teams mm. to also compete. And as a result, we're seeing the battle for the second place become a lot more competitive. That's where the true drama lies in. So when a lot of these teams start to be competitive at once, then the national team benefits from it. Because right. the pool of players you're starting to get for the national team just suddenly becomes absolutely incredible. And so I would say that I, I understand how it can hamper the commercial aspect of the league. But I'd say that them pushing the boundaries has, in one way or another, forced every single other club to reevaluate themselves and see what else they can do.
0: Yeah. You also have to have that want and desire to reevaluate yourself and compete instead of just go with the flow, which is, which is fantastic. And one guy that will aid uh, Malaysia's team's uh, chances is Arif Ayman. Uh, tell us a little bit about how talented this boy is. What does he bring to the national team?
2: Or RFI1 is just absolutely sensational. I I feel like Malaysians in general are running out of superlatives to describe RFI1. We don't even have words to describe it anymore. Uh, He's just been phenomenal. He's great. He's he's fast. He's quick. He's tricky to deal against. He's incredibly two footed at times. Um, He can cross the ball. He can score. He can create chances. He's just an absolute menace on the wing. And I'll just give you a bit of a context, right? He's He's still young, he's about twenty one, twenty-two, I think. Mm. He's already playing a starring role for JDT, not just domestically, mm. but also in the Asian Champions League, where mm. he's put up some man-the match performances. But the, the the criticism about him has always been okay, he does it with JDT, but he's not turned on um, you know, the full version or turned on the afterburners for the national team. But in that game against Kyrgyzstan, when we were three one down, and everyone at the stadium would tell you this, right? There was a period when we were three one down when it felt like Arif Ayman just you know, had enough of it and decided to take the game by the scruff of its neck mm. and just completely dominate it. And that's mm. what he did. In that mm-hmm. game, he had a part to play in every single goal malaysia scored, Four assists on the night. Wow, and a, a clear man-of-the-match performance to help Malaysia secure one of the biggest comebacks in our history. A 4-3 win from being 3-1 down against a higher-ranked team. So... That's the sort of player Arif Aiman is. Um, and I'm really, 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 really excited to see him uh, in the Asian Cup. Now, Keith, clearly Arif Aiman, very, very
1: talented boy and Malaysia might pin their hopes on the 21-year-old shoulders. But for him, how important is it for him to have a good showing? Because you know the world is watching when it comes to a tournament like this.
2: Yeah, it's massive. Uh, the thing about Arif Aiman is um, the one thing that definitely aids his confidence is that he knows he's got the backing of Probably one of the most powerful figures in Malaysian football, mm. which is T.M.J., mm. uh, the owner of JDT, who who has done everything he can to sort of protect Arif Ayman in the early days. Didn't give him access to too many interviews. Uh, tried not to you know hype him up a bit too much. Now that he's a bit more mature, they're giving him a bit more exposure to the public, letting him speak out a bit more. But when you speak to him, you get a sense that this is a boy that's very level-headed. Okay. Uh, they're still very calm. That it's not. You know he's not attracted by the the lifestyle of a of a of a professional footballer and all the perks that comes with it. I, I don't know things might change, but for the time being, he's still incredibly level headed. And part of it is because he's got this crazy determination. The way he he performed against Kyrgyzstan, the, the performances I've seen him put up for JDT, um, you know he, he's going into this Asian Cup being you know in probably the, the best state of mind that he's been in for a very long time. And I really hope it works out for him on the pitch because these are the sort of stages that you... You know, if you're a great player, these are the sort of uh, stages where you take that one extra step where you become, you know, from great and you move into the territory of, like, you know, absolutely incredible. So... I hope it works out for
0: you at the Asian Cup, uh, Kish. You mentioned earlier on that a couple of years ago you wouldn't imagine Malaysia competing at this high level, uh, let alone be in a group that sees the likes of uh, South Korea, Jordan, and Bahrain. Um, so on that, you know, how what would be considered a successful showing for Malaysia at this tournament? What what constitutes success?
2: Uh, that, that's that's a super super good question, and I and I say that because. Right now, Malaysian fans are being forced to have that conversation with themselves because hmm. the optimism of recent results and recent performances are, are getting us... Is sometimes you worry that it crosses a certain line and you don't want to be you know, super unfair to the national team as well because realistically, this is the first time we've been in the competition on merit in 40 years, okay. right? So the project is still fresh and there's still some years to go. And even the FAM president... Has made it a point to say that look, the Asian Cup is absolutely important. It's a mini World Cup for Asia, but ultimately, whatever happens here doesn't change the direction of the project, because all eyes is still focused on the World Cup qualifiers for the next one and the next Asian Cup, which is ongoing. And by the way, that's a group where Malaysia are topping at the moment, having won the first two games. So, uh, realistically, if I'm being, if I'm putting optics aside and I'm just being objective-minded about it, right? A third place finish is probably what we expect.
0: Okay, okay.
2: Uh, ob- you know, it, it, whether we get into the knockout stages or not is a different story altogether. Okay. But finishing third place, I think it's a reasonable target to set. Obviously, you know. We want to get through to the round of 16. Uh, but if I put all of that aside, objectively, a third-place finish.
0: That's why I used to say to my parents in school. see, I am not last-place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no, no, I take your point, Kish. You, uh, you talk about inflated expectations because of the recent rise. We've talked a lot about the Asian Cup. But let's just switch stacks slightly to those World Cup qualifiers. You mentioned there some stellar performances topping the group. Would you take, you talk about that third place finish in the Asian Cup, but would you take Touchwood finishing bottom but doing well in the World Cup qualifier?
2: Oh, 100%, 100%. Uh, I'll take that, I'll take that. I, I know these tournaments are important because that's what you work so hard for over the years. Uh, but at the same time, honestly, I just want to see the team competing. Um, I just want to see us not get smashed. Because at the 2007 Asian Cup, when we were playing there as Toast Nations, we were... Losing games 5 0, 5 1. It was, you know, it was just a, a, a complete, utter humiliation in some of those games that we don't want it. We want to see us going toe to toe with the boys. Let's say, let's say we lose all three games 2 1, 1 3 1. I'll take that. Because at the very least, we went toe to toe with the boys. Mm-hmm. What I don't want is, you know, seeing us get smashed 4 0. And it, yeah, because that really kills the momentum that yeah. the, the place took built over the years. Um, So, yeah, to answer your question, I'll
0: completely take that. All right. A very positive and fair uh, approach to to Malaysian football. Uh, Now, Kish, at the start of our conversation, we talked about uh, food. Uh, You talked about the amazing chicken curry that's happening in your household right now. So I want to ask, you know, how do Malaysians watch football on the television? What is the go-to Malaysian snack to have while watching football? (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, man, that differs because, uh, as you know, we have a variety of uh, yeah. incredible food here. Yes, not, yes. Not, not to start a debate, but... Yes, <laughs> yes. No, no, no debate. But, but it differs. But it differs. But, but I'll tell you this, in stadiums, as far as stadiums are concerned, it's two things. It's One, it's the Rumley Burger, Oof. if you're familiar with it, right? And second, it's it's uh, Sunflower seeds Oh. Ah. That's the popular... Back at the stadiums here in Malaysia.
1: Okay, I've had the privilege of attending a game at JDT recently. You mentioned Rumley, you mentioned sunflower seeds, Kropot Leko is also quite uh,
2: quite oh, go to yes. there. So but, it's really good. JDT have taken it. JDT have taken it to a whole new level. They've got like you know artisanal burger <laughs> uh, sauce at the stadium, and they've got Subway and KFC, and it's a whole different dimension altogether.
1: Kish, a bit worrying. We signed you up as a Malaysian football expert. You are laying the ground with the food expert as well. (laughs) Kish, final question. Midway through, you dished out some possible advice for the decision makers in Singapore in terms of how we can aspire to be slightly more competitive. But maybe a word for the long-suffering Singapore football fans about patience, about endeavour, about eventually tiding the rain to feel a bit of the rainbow.
2: Yeah, it's... I I really understand. It's difficult, it's tough, uh, but honestly, just get down to the street. Just support your local team. As long as the local league is competitive and the local team gets its support, the national team benefits from it. And when the national team does play, flood the stadiums. Kim Pangon recently gave an interview to a Korean press where he very openly admitted that one of the reasons why, one of the big reasons as to why he wanted to come to Malaysia was his absolute fascination mm. with Ultras Malaya, the fan group that you know that, that is regarded as one of the best fan groups in world football, for that matter. When Malaysia played Tajikistan a couple of months back, um, I had the privilege of interviewing Tajikistan's coach, uh, a, a German guy, Peter Sagard, and he was saying that in his entire career, which has spanned for about 40 years, um, he has seen the best fans he has ever come across as Borussia Dortmund, and mm. second, he says Ultras Malaya. Wow. Right? Wow. So, Fans can fundamentally be the backbone of a team. Whether you believe in the concept or not, please know that it is the absolute truth. You can be the backbone. You can be the 12th man. So if you want the team to buck up, you want the national team to be great. Support your local teams and flood the stadium when your national team plays. That's the least we could do as fans.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing that. We've been speaking with uh, Kishan and Sudaresan, uh, aka Kish Matt Stats. Go follow him on X. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, let's catch up for chicken curry sometime soon.
2: <laughs> Sounds good, guys. Sports minutes on Money FM eighty nine point three.